0: Hi there and welcome to the Love or Leave the Law podcast with your hosts Adam Olette and Casey Berman. This is great. So I want to get
1: into your unique genius, how you just love what you're doing now. Right before we get there, though, take us kind of quickly for the next steps of the path there. Um, What sort of fear when you realize this isn't for me, what fears and doubts, confusions did you have about about where you were, excuse me, and possibly leaving? And then how did you take the courage to to start moving, start moving out?
2: Um. So one thing I did was I had the opportunity opportunity to do a trial externship while I was still at the firm. Right. So I did that for a couple of months. And I, and I actually hated that even more. I was like, oh. okay, I'm definitely not cut out to be a prosecutor.
1: <laughs> I remember um, that. That's right.
2: And so I came back to the firm. I was like, okay, this is actually not that bad. <laughs> I have more confidence now that, um, that I like what I'm doing a little bit more. So, um, I think it's great to seek out any opportunities you can find to test out the waters in different aspects. So I tested that one out. I was like, okay, that one's not for me. Um then I found your blog. I can't even remember exactly how I found you, but we started talking. That's right. Like I said, I think this whole time there was always something in the back of my mind telling me that I don't want to be spend my entire life at a firm and become partner. So but how do I figure out what I'm gonna do instead? Um and so we started talking. And, you know, that was a very helpful process, but still, and, and maybe my path is a little bit more unique in that I kind of put on pause what I was doing with you because I was going to have the baby. Right. And, um, and it was really kind of having the baby that gave me the confidence to be like, okay, that was like a million times harder than being a lawyer. <laughs> um, if I can do that, I can do anything. <laughs> and it ga- that gave me more of a confidence. Be like, okay, really, I should be focused on figuring out what I want to do and not worried about
1: all these. I I remember after that you said, okay – Casey, I got your Excel sheet out, the financial projector. I finally tackled this big taboo topic of money. We've worked out. My husband, Howard, because he was in residency. You weren't worried. You were worried about, you know, money situation and where we're going to live in San Francisco. There were all these, like, factors coming in all over. And I think it's easy just to to not want to deal with it. And I think you started dealing with it. You started really wrestling these big things, which turned out to be not that big. Um, one of them is whispering to you, I think right now and um and and all of a sudden, you kind of got the the gears in motion,
2: yeah, it was more just kind of like a bite the bullet type situation where um I was like, okay and and I think to a certain extent, it has to be that way because you can never know for sure um like how things are gonna work yeah. out and uh says so like you know what, I just I'm ready to do this, and I'll figure out the money thing.
1: One of the I'm things, sure I could have. Yeah, go ahead. Adam says this all the time, Alex. Adam says this, and to our listeners, you know, Adam talks a lot about uh, kind of mindfulness and beliefs and so on. It's been just a great – he's really educated me a lot, and it's something I practice every day. And I think the one thing he talks about a lot is, you know, it will happen. Uh, sometimes it will force you and hit you over the head or it'll be uncomfortable where you'll have to tell so-and-so you're leaving or they'll tell you, but you can do it more incrementally. But sometimes it gets that point where you just, you just need to bite the bullet.
2: Yeah. And that's kind of how it worked for me. And like, luckily thus far, everything's generally worked out. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I think maybe that's partially like the power of positive thinking or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a quote from the uh, guest post you wrote with Casey's blog, and you call it "Big Law Blinders," and this will help us segue into how you left, and then what you're doing now. Because I think people really want to hear a lot, but you know, they, they want you to know your path out, but they want to know what other people are doing. They want to yeah. know what is that. Uh, career change that she's got, and, and what is the the path out? Yes, but what is she doing? So you say, even though I knew I wanted to change careers, it was hard to even imagine what else I might do. So, how did you get to from that point to then leaving and and figuring out, or or kind of getting the pathway lit up for you, so that you were doing something else?
2: Yeah, I mean that's where I think working with Casey and doing the unique genius. Um, exercise was really helpful because especially because what I ended up discovering that I wanted to do, which is combining law and design um, like there's a very few people out there doing that right now. And it's still a very nascent topic. So it's not like it was a set alternative career path. Right,
0: yeah.
2: right. So it was, it really took a lot of like self exploration to figure out that that's what I wanted to be doing. Um, and it wasn't like I could just read a list of, oh, I could go in-house or I could.
0: Take a yeah. checklist and that. pick one off the list exactly. and say, okay, I'm going to go do that. Yeah, I mean, clearly you're doing something that is a new niche, uh, even for lawyers, the stuff you're doing. I, I, tell us more about how you started to take a look at Casey's teachings about unique genius and, and take those lessons and, and start to uh, use your intuition and, and move into that design part.
2: Yeah, so part of it was I picked up this book called Typography for Lawyers, um, and it was just so eye opening for me because I it gave a vocabulary to all these things I'd been thinking and That's doing cool. in practice, but I didn't know why because yeah. I, I had no formal training in design or um, or, or or anything like that. Um, so I was like, oh, there's like terminology for this, and there's reasons why these things matter that I just kind of intuitively. Had there you go. Thought about, but I didn't know why. Mm. Um,
1: you found your tribe. You kind of yeah, found exactly. your tribe there, yeah. And you yeah. created your own job. I love it. It's, it, it's just you know. So many say, "Well, Casey, tell me, I'll leave the law when I know what job I'm going to take." And you, you didn't. You created your own. You, you sort of faced the unknown.
2: Yeah, which I mean, there's definitely challenges to doing that, but yeah. I think it's it's great for me because you get to. Do exactly what you want to do yeah. um, and you, I think that's what I was afraid of like there were so many kind of constraints or things imposed on you as yeah. a associate attorney and I was afraid like even if I go in-house like there's gonna be other things I don't like about it there's gonna be politics right. Um I was afraid that if I went into like a predefined job that there would be there would still be things I didn't like about it um, yeah and, I mean, you're just definitely trading those drawbacks for a different set of drawbacks yeah. when you go out on your, your own. But for me, it was just, yeah, made sense.
1: So you find the book, you kind of find your tribe, it's aligning with you. Tell us more.
2: Right. So I think the tip would be to just read, like find time to like read or explore these areas of interest and just see what resonates, like right. see what blogs or sources you're being drawn to. Um. And then I think one tip you had given me was to start journaling and I think that was really crucial for yeah. processing the thoughts and like figuring out, well, why is it that I like this book and kind of grappling with that and, and having to put it into words. Right. Um, so that would be my my other tip would just be to definitely do something like that.
1: Did you, and I know I'm getting in the weeds here, but did you write by hand somewhere? Did you write in a word doc? You know, some people go, well, I'd love to journal. I just don't know how, you know, how do you keep it confidential? Like, how did you actually journal? Just so everyone kind of understands. I have
2: it right here.
1: Mm, nice. ah, this
2: is my, this, I mean, if, this is just like a general purpose notebook now, but it definitely, I have all my leave law behind notes in here. Nice. Oh, good. Working together. Um,
0: But people can do it anywhere, right? This is the
2: first entry. Wow, it's been a long time since I kept a journal. What prompted me to start again was a meeting with Casey Berman, a career consultant. I'm going to start working with this month.
1: So. What date is that? Do you have it dated?
2: July 21st, 2013. Wow. Ah, God.
0: Crazy. I love <laughs> well, it. I love it. I have it. a little story about my path out. I, I have a I journal and, and I started learning more about what's called automatic writing. And all that is, is like stream of consciousness writing, where you just take a journal or your computer or whatever, and you just write out whatever's coming through your stream of consciousness. And, and I knew I wanted to teach. And so I have these moleskines and different types of journals and I'm kind of addicted to buying different kinds of journals because I fill them up so fast with ideas. And so I sat down on my patio when I lived in Florida and I said, what do I want to do? And I had this outline of a framework from a couple books I had read about taking a look at what you love to do and what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And I just had that journal and I, I have it. And I still look at it. And when I wrote Raising the Bar, I wrote about it in that book because it was such a profound moment for me that when I wrote that stuff down and I looked at it, I go, holy moly, this is exactly what I want to do. I was on a high. I literally felt like I was taking drugs, which I never really have done other than a few drinks, alcoholic drinks. But I I felt like I was on a high for days on end because that journaling helped me to let out what what was in there that was being kept up, pent up for so long. And it was an amazing process. So uh, I'm glad uh, that that helped you. And I think people listening to this need to go out and get themselves a journal and, or just take your computer and open a notes program, open word and start to write because it allows you to like uncork this uh, creativity in you that you had no idea was there and, and ideas come out. And I, I can't stop writing ideas now. Once they start to flow, they just don't stop, which yeah is an amazing thing so
2: yeah so yeah so when i did that i was doing it by hand but something i just recently restarted was um doing this thing called 750words.com mm. have you guys heard of that yeah uh, no but because now i'm like trying to blog for my own work and it's really hard to like keep track of all my ideas or even just find time to write um and then I, the other night I was just like up in the middle of the night cause I couldn't sleep. And I stumbled upon this, um, blog post talking about morning pages and all these morning different, pages, I, I think yeah. a lot of, um, That's where I learned
0: automatic writing programs, as a yeah. lady who's, a, I can't remember her name and author. She talks about morning pages and it's just start writing every morning, just start writing yeah. and, and let the creativity flow. Um, yeah.
2: Just make a habit out of it. And so I found this website called 750 words.com where, um I think you I'm on the free trial right now. I think you end up having to pay for it. But it it's just like a blank web page and you just go there every day right. and you start typing and it tracks your word count and it tells you when you've done something. Oh, that's so good. And it tells you how long like your average words per minute and then it gives you like badges if you do it like consecutive days in a row. Fitbit just, for writing.
1: Exactly. I love yeah, it. it's just I like it.
2: just make it a habit. And I I wrote a blog post like I think the whole point is just to get started and you know, these are just first drafts. It's not like you're sitting there wordsmithing, but it's just a way to get the ideas down.
1: That's so cool. That is so cool. That's great. So thank you for the tactics because I know people say, well, I like to write, but, and then they just don't. I mean, I started running when I put my running shoes right by my bed. So when I get up in the morning, like they're there, I can't avoid them. It's all ready for me. Right. Um, and the same thing here. If you just have that medium, whether it's, it's hard copy or something on, on, on your computer, you'll, you it, it forces you to do it. It's a forcing factor.
0: Um, I, I know the book I wanted to tell everybody about that got me on that path of journaling and automatic writing. It's called The Artist's Way, A Spiritual Path to Higher yeah. Creativity by Julia Cameron. And I wholeheartedly suggest anybody that wants to unleash their cre- creativity, check that book out or just get journaling, just get writing. Yeah. I mean, I like, I've heard of that website and I like the idea behind it because most people, especially lawyers, we're left-brained. We, we don't we think we're creative, but there it's there you know that creativity can be there if you just allow it to be it really cast
1: now because so we got a few i want to be sensitive to your time so um but a few more questions for you talk to us about your unique genius talk to us about what you're doing now you you touched on it about the alignment and how you just love what you're doing what's that like
2: um <laughs> it's great like i i will let's see where to start so yeah So um, the overarching idea is to draw on design principles to improve the law and legal services. Um, And really that's still fairly broad because to me design really just means like thinking intentionally about what it is you're trying to do and Mm
0: -hmm.
2: how each step gets you there. Mm
0: -hmm. And and
2: is that really the best way to be trying to, 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 to accomplish your goal, whatever your goal right. is. Right. So it, it can be as you know detail-oriented as the fonts you're using and the page layout of your brief, which was kind of where I started from because to me that made so much sense that, wow, how you, like lawyers write so much and how that writing is visually presented can have an effect on how persuasive it is and how effective it is. It's in huge. In putting your message across. Um, So to me, it was just like a no-brainer. Like, yes, all lawyers should be caring about this. You Um, know,
1: it's fun. It's so funny you say it because when I write my blog posts, I like to break it out, the text. And I heard from when I was in law school, when you write your – blue books, I remember writing just on and on and on, and I got it, not a great grade on it, and someone in legal writing research said, space it out. They don't really like read your ex- to
0: read. Yeah, right. they don't read they it, they it. It. just go, they oh, they got
1: this issue, they got this issue, they <laughs> yeah. got this issue, and really they know I got the issues because I have a blank space between them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the same thing goes i mean judges are no different yeah they may read a little bit more than an examiner but it's it's not just the words and the letters it's it's the presentation of it all even in something as sort of non presentable presentable as as a brief yeah
2: yeah so it and it all goes back to like thinking about what what it is you're actually trying to say and yeah. then questioning whether what you're saying and writing is actually Conveying that so idea. Cool. <laughs> so um, that was kind of my starting point. And then from there I started learning about visual communication and how lawyers could use more um graphics and illustrations and um, and visual elements to that's support right. their work. Um and the really interesting thing is that there's I and mean, that's such a fascinating area to me, because there's actually a lot of studies that show how using visuals can have a negative impact be, um, yeah. in terms of you know jurors can get biased and be more likely to convict just because a photo was shown
1: right regardless,
2: even if it's a neutral photo
1: right
2: or even like they've shown like the mention of the word neuroscience raises conviction rates like even if it's like just said neutrally um so i think it's important to understand like how these visual things have an effect and and make sure we're using them ethically. Um, but I do think that there there is a more of a role for them, especially kind of in this day and age, it's so much easier with reprocessing programs to drop a visual directly yeah. into a brief. Yeah. Um, that maybe was a lot harder to do back when we were using typewriters. So and I how think are te- at that point. like um, trial lawyers obviously like hire you know, specialists to help them put together trial presentations. But my point is, like, this we can roll this way back and start thinking about these same ideas um, and using these same tools throughout the entire representation. Right.
0: How are you sharing these ideas with lawyers? Tell us more about how you're getting your word out and, and what it is you can help them, uh, our profession, with.
2: Um, so the first thing I did was start a website and join Twitter um, and just try to start. You know, doing content marketing, writing blog posts, getting, just starting conversations with people. Um, it's still a challenge. Uh, I'm I'm really loving Twitter and I made some great connections. That's actually how I met Gina Cho, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, and I think Twitter's great, but it's, it tends to be like a lot of like-minded people who already have right. the same set of opinions right. about where the future of the profession needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's harder to connect connect with the lawyers who maybe really need my services that way. (laughs) So I'm still trying to figure out that educational process because I think especially when, when I'm offering something kind of new and different it's well, you, you, you
0: give it. workshops, though, don't you? I mean, are they are you doing live workshops to teach lawyers about this stuff? And I see on your website you you give away a free tip sheet about choosing a font for legal briefs. And most lawyers have no clue that that same font that we all use, Times New Roman, is probably not the best font to use. And <laughs> so tell us more about, about that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I have different techniques, like a newsletter, um, these lead magnets on my website, like right. the tip sheet. Um webinars uh but really i don't know like i'm i enjoy working with people like one-on-one so i haven't really productized my services because what everyone needs is different and you have to kind of meet the client where they're at in terms yeah. of technology or their own design preferences so what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for someone else and um One of the other things I love about design, they say that, you know, design is all about working within constraints, so, okay, maybe in this particular case, you have court rules or, you know, in a particular jurisdiction, you might have court rules that dictate a font, and maybe that's not the best font to use, Mm. but good designers will come in and be like, okay, well, how can I work within that constraint and still improve the quality of this document?
0: So, you're basically wanting to work one-on-one with people. You want to get some consultation going and and just talk with people and and guide them over the process that you're teaching
2: yeah I mean that's how I'm approaching it right now and um, I guess the other kind of stepping back to the kind of more broad discussion for a second um, I kind of felt when I was starting off and launching my own consulting business, like not knowing whether it was going to be successful or where it was really going to go, that at the very least it would lead to other opportunities. Um, And I've met so many people and gotten so many diverse opportunities through what I've been doing that like, maybe that'll change down the road and maybe I won't just be working one-on-one with individual clients in the future. And that's okay. Like that's, that's what I'm doing now. But like, it's a constantly evolving process.
1: You know, it's what, what's really inspired me about, about what you've done is this ability to become comfortable with the unknown you know we all like to go to movies and see the journey of the hero the heroine and you know you don't uh, you think of lord of the rings or you think of whatever like they didn't know what was going to happen and if we did as movie watchers we would know the movie like why would you buy the ticket why would you do it and but when it comes to our own lives we don't want that unknown we want the stability security and that that makes us uncomfortable and i think you know you really are not to get too dramatic but you're kind of the the real heroine of your own story here and i think that shift like you just said maybe I'll continue consulting. Maybe I won't, but I'm on this path. I'm meeting new people. And just how you're not, you're not that afraid of the unknown, but you're like celebrating what could come down your path. I, I just I love it. It's inspiring to me. And I think it's something that is a major shift. I know that you've made others who've left the law, they've made it. And it's one of the the main stumbling blocks to people who are trying to leave law. But once you make that shift, it just it opens everything up for you.
2: Yeah, I think it's a lot about changing your mindset and to kind of drop back into design for a second. So kind of my path from learning about document design and visual design led me to learn about design thinking as a methodology and how it can be used to kind of rethink how legal services are being distributed systemically and kind of bigger picture questions we can be asking ourselves about the profession. And... um, one of the things I love about design thinking is that it's really as much about cultivating the right mindset to tackle these problems as it is about following a certain process. And, um, and I think it's especially challenging for lawyers because this particular mindset is very different from, I think how we're trained, but it's so, um, transformative i think and one of the key like attitudes to cultivate is curiosity and like developing Mm. adopting a beginner's mindset and kind of questioning why things are the way they are and in there's actually a book actually your um, listeners might like this it's called designing your life and it's by these two stanford professors and they're kind of applying this design thinking methodology to not to business problems but to life design yeah and um and one of the things they say about developing this sense of curiosity in yourself is that it it's what people do to get good at being lucky. Like you, you become a professional person in getting lucky. Like these opportunities just start to come to you because you are asking questions and connecting right. with people. And that's kind of, I feel like what's been happening to me.
1: How, this is great, Alex, how I was speaking to someone last week, he's 43 years old. He wants to start over. There's a path him and so on. But one of the main obstacles is, I'm going to go become a beginner again. I'm going to be at the ground level doing this new type of work. That can be pretty anxious, particularly if you're 35, 40, 45, where now you're sort of on the bottom, not necessarily the bottom rung, but you're not, you're starting over. You're a beginner. How do you celebrate it and not feel anxious about it? Mm
2: -hmm. So another one of the like key keys to design thinking is reframing problems. Um, and so it's, you just kind of like flip that sentence around and like, instead of worried, being worried about being a beginner, you think about how great it's going to be to be learning something new. And there's actually one of the, in the intro to the book, they go through like four or five case studies of different people. And there was one, one of the women is like an associate attorney and she's miserable And she feels like she's gotten all this outward success, but she's still not happy. So she feels like failure. And then the next example is like an older man who's kind of in the same boat. He's like been in the same career for decades. Um, And it's similar to the the associate attorney, except that he's been doing it for so much longer that he feels like completely stuck and like, he can't um, change at this point. Yeah. Um, And I forget exactly how they reframe his um, outlook, but that it's, you should give this book to that person because there's literally literally one of the examples.
1: (laughs) What's the name again? Sorry.
2: Designing your life.
1: Designing your life, which is written by Stanford professors. So we lawyers who need this empirical background might, maybe we'll gravitate it to more. It's not written just by some, some, some guru on a hill somewhere, but it's actually, it's, we're starting to realize Adam talks a lot about this, that, it, it. This is science. This is true. A lot of how uh, shifting our beliefs and our mindset can really affect us in the tangible world.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. Well, we're going to let you get back to your little one and yes. your pregnancy. We don't want to hold you too long. Sometimes we run a little over today. We don't want to do that because we, we know you might have to use the restroom or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have to use it and I'm not even pregnant. Or but. feed someone or feed someone. This That's is great. right. Um, so you can be found at uh, devendra.design, dot Design, And your Twitter handle is at Alex, A-L-I-X, D-E-V-E-N-D-R-A. So we're going to flash it up on the video if you're listening to this and then- Slow me down a little bit, rewind me a little bit so you can find her if you're interested in what she's doing. I think what she's doing is profound, and it's, it's a total – something blowing the doors off anything that we've heard. I've, I've never heard of this, and I'm so excited to learn more about legal design because I I know how uh, video is changing the landscape of marketing and, and there is so many things happening out there that uh, are disrupting everything. And so yeah. you're, you're a disruptor and I, it's a, in a good way, in a good way, Alex. And so well, uh, any you. parting thoughts, <laughs> anything else you want to tell us and share with our listeners before we uh, allow you to get back to your life?
2: Um, Just that, you know, I, I am very open to making connections with new people. I've, just had such good experiences um, joining this kind of alt-legal community since leaving Big Law. And everyone I've met has been so welcoming and willing to talk and share their time. And um, I feel the same way. So I would definitely encourage anyone who's interested in just chatting about my past or if they're interested in legal design in particular, um, to reach out, I'm happy to, to talk further with anyone.
0: Well, the guest pl- post on Casey's LeaveLawBehind.com was April 12th of 2016. And all your info's there. And you wrote that and there's a really, it's a really great post. So if anybody's yeah. interested in learning more about that and uh, having the links and stuff, uh, go to leave law behind and check out the April 12th, 2016 post that Alex did. Well, thank you everyone. Alex, thank you. You know, I I remember when you wrote that post, I
1: got emails from people saying, wow, like this is inspiring. You inspired people with the post. And just like I said, listening to you really get a handle on the unknown and celebrate it with that mindset. It's a huge shift that we don't see and it's in our heads. We don't see it on our desk. It's not something we can hold, but it really is the informs everything that we do. And so I'm um You know, we do this podcast because we love doing it. You do the design because you love doing it, and I just it's it 's so great when we all get together here and and really do things that that align with us that that come from us naturally so um it it's great to be inspired uh, by by seeing what you 're doing. This is great, thank you well,
2: thank you, yeah, and to echo I think something you've said when we were working on the unique genius you know, it's can be really hard to see those things that come naturally to you because it's just so effortless and natural that you don't even think about it. Um, but when you f- figure it out and you figure out how to like spend time professionally doing that, yes. it's amazing. So It's amazing. Yeah. It's
1: amazing. Alex, thank you. Definitely. Thank Um, you so much. Love having you. Adam, thank you. And everyone listening to the podcast, really appreciate you guys being part of the community. Reach out to us. We can put you in touch with Alex. We can answer any questions you have. But again, thank you so much for listening, uh, watching, and being part of the community. Have a great rest of the week.